expectation of salvation is affirmed by the Holy Spirit of promise. I love that. It's not simply the promise of obedience in our contracts with deity that brings grace, but the performance of our promises. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the, of the law are justified. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I love that part right there. Yeah, it's my favorite part, paragraph in the whole talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing those. Um, I, uh -huh, go for it. Somebody have something, sorry, I feel like I cut them off. I had a question. So uh -huh. I came in late. Was she reading from um, Justification and Sanctification by Elder Christofferson's talk, or where was she reading from? Uh-huh, yep. Yeah, that was... So um, I, to start off with, I was just asking if anybody had any insights from that talk or their study on blood, water, spirit kind of thing. And so, yeah, she was reading some of those uh, sections from Christofferson's. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of just a, a, a chart that I've started making. Um, in no way is it full or, or there might be some inaccuracies with it, but um, different things that I pulled from, from this chapter, from different places and in scriptures and stuff, that um, each row is where they're found together. So um, when it talks about sanctification and justification um, here in Moses 6, um, through the blood we are sanctified, we are justified in the spirit, and by the water we keep the commandment. Um, some other um, interesting points is when it talks about the covenant being the water, the grace is, is the blood, and then the Holy Spirit um, coming in there. Uh, we have the baptism, repentance, and, and Holy Ghost uh, with the, um, the earth and, and its covenants, um, the flood, the baptism with the water, the baptism by fire with the spirit, and then the quickening and translation with the blood. Um, and, it, and it talks about that quickening and translation as well with us there in um, the page 73, um, just right towards the end of that section, um, that we are quickened in the inner man through the blood. Um, we have the Holy Ghost, who is obviously over the, the spirit, Jehovah through the blood, and, and Elohim is, is over the water. The um, second comforter through the our first comforter through the spirit, the second comforter comes by, by Christ, and then the fullness through um, Elohim and, and through the water, uh, through that fullness there. Um, I, I even took it as far as uh, kind of putting our, our threefold mission of the church in those different categories as well, um, uh, with the gathering, the perfecting of the saints, and the redeeming of the dead. But anyway, it's a, a fun study as we go through chapters three and four to really pull out this water, blood, spirit, and sanctification, justification principle. I, I, it's a really interesting ongoing study that I have to, to kind of chart these, uh, this trifecta out. But the main point that I want to get at is that water plus blood plus spirit equals dust. As it says um, in Moses chapter six, the very first part of that, um, that's quoted there on page 73, verses 59. <clears throat> It says, inasmuch as you were born into the world by water and blood and the spirit, which I have made, and so became of dust a living soul. And so another kind of side topic to, to study and everything is the, the principle of dust. We have, um, uh, for dust thou art, uh, and unto dust thou shalt return. 
the kicking the dust or shaking the dust off one's feet, uh, that ordinance that, that's performed. Uh, there's lots of different things that, that bring up dust. And anytime we think of dust or see it anywhere, um, I hope we can, can break it down into its parts of water, blood, and spirit. Those are the things that, that create the dust that, that God references a lot. Um, anyway, so jumping into the, the first section here, uh, unless somebody else has somebody. To Cameron, uh -huh. uh, I just have one little thing on dust that yeah. I might share. My husband's great-great-grandfather was quite prominent in the first early days of the church, and he went on a mission with Levi Jackman, which a lot of our history of the church is written by Levi Jackman, following Levi Jackman's diaries. And the two of them just went on a three-month mission uh, to get to uh, Nabu to build the temple. And they, uh, they went in those areas around there. Um, at that time, they, they came to one community where absolutely they were treated horribly and no one listened to anything that they said. And when they left the community, they performed the dusting off of the feet ceremony. And um, within a month, that entire community was destroyed. It was gone. And uh, so dust has a very, very significant uh, history in our gospel. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yes, it, it really does. And I, sometimes it's an under uh, underutilized, that's the wrong word, <laughs> understudied or under misunderstood concept kind of a thing that we just mm -hmm. kind of ignore and brush past. <laughs> sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so yeah, I'm jumping into that, that first section there of the precious patriarchal records. What fun things did you learn um, through, through that section? That's one of my favorites. There's so much in the in that chapter that it would be hard to say all that we learned, but so much of it made perfect sense to me. Um, I love that where where God takes His chosen and asks them to leave when necessary, and with Abraham that obviously was necessary at that time, but very, very important in my mind is um, the fact that he, uh, he brings in all the different things that um, Abraham was to read and study those words in Haran and not where he was, you know, and, um, and then that he had the chest of Adam I have never heard that before. I thought that was extremely interesting. And the staff, I, I just thought very, very interesting. And what he would learn from studying those records. And he must have spent a lot of time studying the records of, that Adam had written mm -hmm. and the other patriarchs before him. Yeah, for sure. Katrina? Yeah, I, okay. So I had a question about that staff because he said that Adam got it from the tree 
of good and evil, which Adam was cast out of the garden. Um, did Adam have a, did they were able to go back into the garden and cut some of the tree? Or do you think he removed that from the tree before he left the garden? You know, I just, in my mind was like, oh, did he go back into the garden? You know, anybody have a thought on that? Yeah, I just kind of thought maybe he, he would have removed it before he left. Uh, he would have removed it as a staff to use as they left. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe a reminder to yeah. him mm -hmm. of the good and choices of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. That was just my thought. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, I mean, wasn't cherubim and a flaming sword? placed in front of the tree to protect it so what does that mean <laughs> yes i have wondered that same thing yeah. a lot that that was the tree of eternal life the, the cherubim the yeah that's the, the gotcha. opposite tree there. okay yeah. very good but yeah, what would what have... happen what would happen if like why was that so important for them to not have any connection with that i remember i've heard it before but i don't remember does anybody know what you know where they had cherubim and the flaming sword protecting that um was there going to be some other fruit that they would take that would be mm -hmm. destroy forever no well, that, that was the tree. the tree of life and it had they eaten of the tree of life then we wouldn't be existing <laughs> He would have never died. Yeah. So there's two different trees we're talking about right now. Right. Yeah. We're talking about the tree of good and evil and then the tree of life, which is where the cherubim and the sword was yes. placed. Right. So it was my understanding, which I could be totally wrong. I am not a scholar by any stretch at all. So I'm learning. But did the tree of good and evil stay in the Garden of Eden? Or did it become part of, you know what I mean? Like, do we know? I don't know that we know, but I that's think why I kind of think maybe the staff was made out of it. I think it was not a part of, I think it became part of the dreary world. That's my perception, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you had a comment there. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't hear you say my name. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I think that there are a couple of things at play here. One, we know that they were cast out of the garden but they weren't cast out before they were instructed in some more things and before their clothing was made for them and, and all of those things. So there may have been some time there between the declaration of you're gonna be cast out and them actually being cast out. That would be why it would be important to have the cherubim and the flaming sword guarding the tree of life because the tree of life um, had an effect on the regenerative properties of the body. And so when they ate from the tree of life, of course, they had very um, extended, you know, lives, right? Um, and I think it changed something in their body. When they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I thought that was interesting, is they just, the source of this just called it the tree of good and evil, and it's the knowledge of good and evil. Um, that that particular tree, I think, also had an effect and changed their physio physiology in some way that started the beginning of the change of their body to make a, them fallen in human, celestial mortals. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so they had, they had that maybe he made the staff as a reminder mm -hmm. of what it was that they had, you know, what it was that brought about humanity, right? Um, it, things along those lines. But I do believe that they were there for some period of time before they were cast out. And so he, it could have been something that he could have easily had access to, to make. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Nancy's right there. And I have, when I was reading this, I could just see Adam using that staff to teach his children and saying, this staff came from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And uh, so I could just see that, the, like she said, a reminder of the choice that they had made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> another oh. <laughs> another oh, thought is when they were in the garden up until that point, there had been no death on the earth. Right. And Adam and Eve didn't know anything about death right and so in their instruction before they were cast out um christ actually introduced death to them when he got the skins of the animals to make the clothing for them and so he taught them how to do the sacrifices he taught them how how to make clothing and how to do those kinds of things before they were cast out and left on their own which really shows the love that he had for adam and eve because they could have just been, oh, well, you screwed up, you're gone, you're off on your own. And, you know, that might have been the end of it in a very short order. But they were taught all the skills that they needed to be able to survive and for the human family to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the most important thing there, I think, is that the records that Adam kept, Adam wrote and wrote and wrote and kept those records for many years and passed them on down. And wow, mm -hmm. we privileged that he did. Yeah, for sure. Um, so some interesting stuff to, to bring up is that if you dive into the footnotes, um, like the, the book of the bee, uh, the conflict of Satan with Adam and Eve, um, those different uh, apocryphal writings and stuff, Adam and Eve went back to the, the garden many times. That was their temple. Um, they didn't build a, a physical temple. That was where they went to commune with the Lord. But the cherubim and flaming sword was to protect them from going back unworthily until they had repented and, and done the necessary sacrifice in order to get back there. Um, and, and they brought many of their posterity back to the temple. Many of their children entered Eden and was able to commune with God and, and get their calling and election made sure there. Um, I, I think that that's an interesting point that is being alluded to here um with uh the the ark of the covenant because it's it's relating the ark of the covenant uh to adam's chest mm -hmm. and um so <laughs> interesting graphic here um has anybody read the the lost 116 pages before uh, don bradley such a great book so this is what the book that actually um kind of started opening my eyes and then I found Moss's video and Jody's and and then everything started blossoming from there but um he compares the Israelite Ark of the Covenant to the Nephite Ark of the Covenant and then here E. Douglas Clark is talking about the patriarchal Ark of the Covenant which is with Adam and so um here's just a, a quick chart of a comparison of the three and what we know was inside of each one so 
interesting to note that Don Bradley um, was pointing this out in his book that the Israelite and the Nephite Ark of the Covenant are very much opposites. So um, the Nephite Ark of the Covenant being Hill Cumorah, the, the stone box where the plates were, were hid. So we have a, with the Israelites, a wood or gold box with stone tablets inside the stone record versus the Nephites that has a stone box with golden records inside. Um, with the Israelite Ark of the Covenant, we have Aaron's bod, uh, rod that budded and manna that was in a golden bowl, um, Miriam's bowl, um, for lack of a better word. And then we have the Nephite Ark of the Covenant, which is the Sword of Laban, the Leahona, the Urim and Thummim. Um, those were all inside of, of that box. And then here in E. Douglas Clark's book, we have the Patriarchal Ark of the Covenant, Adam's chest. It's a wood container with the records of Adam, Seth, and Enoch, uh, the wooden staff of Adam from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then a Urim and Thummim inside as well. So if you're comparing those across, um, there's, there's many different insights, but we see that all throughout history, from the days of Adam, clear up until the, the Nephites, after the death of Christ, we have an Ark of the Covenant. This is my conjecture, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have an Ark of the Covenant, uh, a restorational Ark of the Covenant, or it's yet to be restored. Um, either way, it, it's a pattern that, that God has set forth, and um, there's specific relics in there that point to specific things, um, and they point to our covenants in that we make in the temple. Um, we, we talked about this in, in our last group and stuff. But it's interesting how the, the two groups go in, in different ways, yet very uh, interesting insights. But um, we had uh, some discussion on what it means to, to receive a, a staff, because we all receive a staff in, in the endowment. Um, it, it's a symbolic and, and metaphorical uh, thing with our, our signs and tokens. Um, but we receive the same items of regalia in connection with our covenants. And so another column that you could add in your own time, well, I mean, obviously you're not gonna write it down because these are, are sacred topics and stuff, but you could add another column of this, uh, the symbolic items of regalia that, that we receive through our endowment. I believe that that's what the arcs of the covenant point to is the, the spiritual gifts that are given and bestowed upon us as we are endowed with power. Um, another point that we kind of talked about in the other class was, um, if anybody's read, uh, visions of glory, uh, obviously we're not taking that as, as scripture and I'm not trying to promote it as such, but it's interesting to note that when Spencer gets a, a, a glimpse into his pre-mortal state, he has a chest that has many different tools and items in it that he learned and, and grew with. And then, um, I, I believe that we're, we all have our own arcs of, of covenant um, that we are, are endowed with in, in the temple symbolically before we receive them actually physically. But those gifts will be returned to us as we rise up to become the kings and queens and, and things that we're, we're meant to become. Um, any thoughts and, and discussion that, I know that brings up a lot of a whole can of worms right there, but. <laughs> Well, I love that. Um, 
just in Come Follow Me today, it talked about how Joseph Smith, the Lord told him he has this one gift that he's going to focus on and that there will be no more gifts until he, you know, received the fullness of this gift of translation. And so um, that kind of feeds right into this as far as uncovering what our chest is. And um, as we are prayerful and seek out the things in which the Lord is directing us to, um, you know, we are going to expand that one gift even more and more and more until we receive that item that's going to be in that chest. And so I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. That's gives me chills. Cameron, it reminds me of the scripture where it says lay up treasures in heaven. So it reminds me of like a treasure chest or, you know, mm -hmm. things that we'll have if we do the covenants and things we do here, we'll have treasures and things that we take with us that'll be there as gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I hadn't put that scripture with it before. That That's very good uh, connection there. Elle, do you have the, um, the full scripture of that right there? No, I was looking for it and I was trying to think of it because all I yeah. can do is paraphrase it. <laughs> yes, because in, I just, when I was studying that scripture, I think just last week, it actually, um, I can't remember what the words are, but it actually connected to me that it was also tangible, like very tangible, um, that conduit to heaven in that, in those spiritual gifts. I, I felt the physical side of those gifts with the spiritual side of those gifts. If anyone has that scripture off the top of their head, it's just, it's really powerful in understanding that it's both physical and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Oh. Do you remember even where it was, what book you were studying in? I'm pretty sure it's in DNC. Let me look really quick. What gifts? Spiritual gifts. Or spiritual treasure. Yeah, I'm trying to find it too. <laughs> I'm not very fast. I, I should have done better with <laughs> scripture mastery and stuff. And my kids are using my phone, so I don't have my phone here, but spiritual <laughs> Oh, there's no scripture. Yeah, that's a very interesting one. Um, let's see. We'll find it. Yeah, we can, we, um, you can give it to us later if you find it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But lay up, treasure, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Yes, Matthew okay. six. Matthew it's Matthew six nineteen. Okay, it's in a conference 20. talk that links it from last from this last conference. I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll I'll share it. Mm -hmm. But yes, that's the scripture. Matthew six nineteen. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's going to be a fun study to do this week. Um, let's see. Yeah, where do we go from here? That was a. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the the tangents that I don't prepare for at all. I'm like, oh, yep, we're we're going here. <laughs> Um, we had an, another discussion uh, toward the end on, on our garments and, and the marks and, and things and those uh, in connection with Adam and Abraham and Enoch and stuff. Um, anyway, so let's talk about apocalypse. Has anyone uh, taken the time to, to look up what that word means, what it translates to from, from the Greek? 
I, I found that very interesting. It, it does describe it in a later chapter, but we might as well bring some spoilers into it. <laughs> um, so apo meaning un or undo, and then calypse means uh, an, a covering or a veil. So an apocalypse is literally an unveiling or an uncovering uh, of something. So um, when Enoch or Abraham or, or any of the great prophets uh, have an apocalypse, it's their ascent to heaven where they can see the, the Lord face to face. It's the uncovering, it's the great unveiling. Um, I, that was a, a new word to me as I, I studied um, this book. And, and it just makes so much sense because we know of those prophets that, that seen the panoramic vision that were, were given those uh, desires of their hearts and, and to, to see the things. But I, I never tied it with the word apocalypse. I always think end times, destruction, signs of the times, apocalypse. But, but yet it really is, that's not the translation at all. It's, it's the uncovering. And, you know, interesting to know with the veil in the temple, uh, women's veils, um, that that yeah. uncovering uh, is, is an apocalypse. Interesting. Yeah, the veil changed for the women. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go to, yeah, where do we go? <laughs> um, the water blood spirit, let's, um, did I, wait, did I already do that with a chart? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I <laughs> had a brain fart there for a second. Um, I, I talked about it at a later point in the last class, and so it, it got me off. Um, let's go to like page 75. I really love this part. Um, it's the section, oh, it's the same section that we've been um, in around footnote 44-ish. Um, and so it says what that- are you on? Sorry. Uh -huh. Yeah, page 75, and it's okay, um, the, the last part of the first paragraph. Uh, I just really love this description of Enoch and his city and what they went through to become Zion. Um, it says, as Enoch did so, his um, words flowed forth with such eloquence and power that fear came on all them that heard him, and the people trembled and could not stand in his presence. Those who accepted his message joined the people of God, but not without tribulation. For their enemies came to battle against them. Despite apparently overwhelming odds, Enoch courageously led the people of God and then with unprecedented faith invoked heavenly powers to defeat the earthly powers threatening Zion. As he spake the word of the Lord and the earth trembled and the mountains fled, even according to his command, the rivers of water were turned out of their course and the roar of lions was heard out of the wilderness and all nations feared greatly. This is the great pattern, the great um, uh, leading up to Zion. It, it's interesting that, you know, sometimes we think of Zion and, oh, well, they just exemplified charity and, and they eventually made it kind of a thing. But here, it was not without tribulation. Whether or not you subscribe to the, the whole uh, seven years of tribulation that we're at the midway or whenever it happens, that the, the tribulations are what lead us into Zion. We, we can't just get there by, by being good people. We have to have uh, overwhelming odds against us. We have to uh, have the Abrahamic tests that bring forth the powers of heaven. Um, the, the tribulation, the enemies coming to battle against them, these are all things that are, that are part of the, the pattern. Uh, building Zion requires a lot of work. Um, and, and it's interesting, at 
the, the verse that he's quoting here, um, it's in the order of the days of creation. He spake the word of the Lord, the earth trembled, the mountains fled, um, even according to his command, the rivers of water were turned out of their course, and then the roar of lions was heard out of the wilderness, and all nations feared greatly. Um, that a lot of times with Enoch, Abraham, all these patriarchs, they're always going back to the creation. The creation story is everything because it's the pattern of, of how to get back to our Heavenly Father, how to get back to the Garden of Eden. This is the, the pattern that, that uh, Adam followed and, and all of the great patriarchs. Um, but it is to, to build Zion. Zion is the temple. It is the, the presence of the Lord. I, I thought there was something very interesting in the beginning of that paragraph that you just read. Mm -hmm. When it talked about Enoch, and he said that he suffered from a speech impediment so severe that nobody expected he could follow the pattern of his patriarchal forefathers. So his speech impediment was so bad that he couldn't have gone up there and, and spoken eloquently or anything like that. But the Lord called him and did he... And he had enough faith when the Lord said, this is what I'm going to have you do, that he acted, right? He mm -hmm. acted, he opened his mouth. And when he opened his mouth, he's, his words flowed forth with such eloquence and power, mm -hmm. right? And that is so great because it shows us our job may not be to speak eloquently, but whatever it is the Lord asks us to do, that we don't think we're good enough to do it. He will qualify us and he will make us good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have a question. Okay. I'm kind of feeling like I'm one of the most um, uneducated here, but um, <laughs> I'm not asking for any, you know, consolation, but I just, I'm like, okay, I've been to the temple a bazillion times. I love it. Love it. Love it. But I'm not that smart. <laughs> you guys are picking up all these symbols. So when you say the creation story is a pattern on how to get back to God, I'm, I'm trying to think of what do you mean the creation story, like the, you know, it's the creation of the earth. How, how is that a pattern to get back to God? That's what I want you to teach me right now. Okay. <laughs> how much time you got? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm um, you can tell me later after this, you know, I, I don't want to, if everybody else is bored, maybe we have to have, you know, <laughs> No, know. it's a good discussion to have. Definitely not bored. Just very intrigued because sometimes it goes over my head too. And I've been going for 50 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. So um, let, let me find the, the image real quick. Um, so I, I teach a class on, on this and it's on YouTube. I have my, my class on there if anybody wants to watch it and at your own speed kind of a thing. Um, but as I'm bringing it up here, the, the pattern is chiastic in, in nature and it is everything. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and it has to deal with the days of creation. So, um, yeah, sorry, it's, it's downloading really quick. Um, what do you call the class? Um, so I have three different courses that I, that I taught last semester. And um, the, the one was on just gospel symbolism 101. And that's kind of where I'm talking about the pattern. But then I had a, a little bit more advanced course on truths on Eden. And it goes through um, how to apply symbolism to our endowment to get more out of it. And uh, it, the symbolism of the red heifer and the ancient Israelite 
practices of sacrifice and, and all of that. So um, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a couple of different ones that, that you can uh, look at, but. Okay. Um, and is this. this stuff, is this stuff that you're showing us right now, Cameron, on your YouTube channel too, that you're telling uh -huh. us about? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm in my video, I'm using all of these same slides and actually talking and expounding on it and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, they're, they're there, but um, you know, they're, they're more detail oriented things. So, you know, watch them before you share them kind of a thing, because somebody might be like, whoa, what the heck is he talking about that outside of the temple for? But I explain it very thoroughly where I'm getting this stuff doctrinally and you know, all of the stuff I talk about is safe. It's, it's not, uh, I'll let you know when, when there's things that we need to just talk about inside the temple kind of thing. Anyway, so here's the, the pattern of the, uh, the tabernacle of Moses, uh, for example. So we have the Holy of Holies um, here uh, typified by the, the number one. And then going out into the holy place, we have the altar of incense, the, the uh, uh the table of showbread and the menorah those three typified by two three and four uh the labor of washing and the, the altar of sacrifice and then we have the mythcot altar out in the land of um well two thousand cubits to to the east out in in the land of nod so each of these are representative of adam and eve's journey outside of the temple and so the the holy of holies represents the midst of the garden that's where the tree of life is and then the Garden of Eden is the holy place where those other three uh, tables are. All of our temples are patterns of Eden. They're, they're patterns of this temple. That's why there's flowers and garden motifs and uh, the two pillars, the great Yaquin and Boaz. Um, anyway, I, I'm not teaching <laughs> temple class tonight. Sorry, I need to get back to Abraham. But um, anyway, here's, here's the pattern. And then the great pattern for us is how to get back. And, and that's why there's seven days of creation. These are, are the seven days that, that things are created. And then um, the seven days in which Adam fell out of Eden. And then our seven days of atonement back into his presence. Creation, fall, atonement. It's always in those seven patterns to um, help us uh, really learn Zion and, and how to get back to his presence. So the Holy of Holies represents the midst of the garden, represents the presence of God. It represents Zion in its fullness. And um, the land of Nod, the opposite end, is, is complete wickedness. That's where Cain goes after he slays Abel. Like land of Nod is as far away from God's presence as you can be. Um, but these things are in our individual covenants in the temple. They're in the Ark of the Covenant. They're written in our garments. Uh, anyway, that's <laughs> the pattern in a nutshell. And, and you can go watch the, the YouTube video on it if you, if you want. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk about it all the time. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, does that answer your question at all? I <laughs> it took a long time. Oh my gosh, it's like I'm a kindergartner, but I'm excited. <laughs> To learn i'll probably have to listen to it 10 times but yeah thanks yeah people ask me what what's your hobbies what do you like to do do you like video games and stuff and i'm like nope i like temples <laughs> that's what i spend my my life doing memorizing temple architecture and symbols and and the ancient and 
endowments and, and stuff, the pioneer endowments throughout the ages. If you ever have any questions on those, I, I have lots of sources and, and interesting things on, on that stuff. I, I love temples. That's, that's my pastime. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, also with patterns, which I don't know if you go into this and you could probably enlighten us more too, but something that I have felt in patterns or seen in patterns with reading just Abraham and in, in the Pearl of Great Price and Moses is the patterns within us, the patterns that our spirits recognize, the patterns that we um, have practiced in the pre-existence, the, the patterns that we need to understand to become gods and goddesses. And um, those are highly revealed in Abraham and Moses as you um, open to receive those patterns as you study those. It's been really neat to see what those patterns are and and then you learn why they're so familiar, why you recognize them and why they are so true like to who you are. So the, those patterns are also in there as you read and study personally. Mm -hmm. Do you have any enlightenment on that too? Um, yeah, just amen. <laughs> Everything's about the pattern. And the thing is, uh, something I didn't really mention is the pattern is a chiasm in and of itself. So we go from point A in heaven down to earth, point B, the condescension of God, knowest thou the condescension, as Nephi talks about, the condescension of God and the return. So A, B, A. It, it's a chiasm in and of itself. And, and that pattern, the, the chiastic pattern, is in our language. It's in our symbolism. It's in our cell structure. It's in our architecture. Like the pattern is literally everywhere. I have a book just on chiasms in every aspect of life and each chapter deals with like how it's written into our dna code and how the chiastic pattern follows there like there's the thing is the lord does nothing except it's in chiastic form it, it's everywhere that's what he's about so that we can recognize him versus satan because satan never works in chiasms and so when somebody is speaking in chiastic form like conference talks, if you look at them chiastically, you can tell when they're speaking for the Lord in chiastic structure or when they're speaking kind of um, as, as their own personal experiences or whatever. But when they're speaking by the spirit, it's always chiastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's kind of what we read. Like he talks about how we have to descend in order to ascend into Zion. Like that's what that kind of chapter is is all about is the dissension that we is all required from us whether it's going to be physical dissension or spiritual dissension emotional dissension there is going to be dissension you know to be able to reach that place in zion mm -hmm. yes for sure i i have a little more question about this chiasmus so you know we we are told that in the last days the very elect will be deceived so when you're talking about this God works, everything he speaks and does is in this chiasmus form. So it's basically, you know, that, well, we first learned it as this, uh, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, mm -hmm. like hourglass, hourglass, right? Oh. Um, but basically you're saying it's ABA, so the, you have the repeat, right? So, mm -hmm you know with all this crazy stuff going out every there's so many different perspectives like on the on the experimental vaccine or the shot and 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 i'm like okay i don't mean to bring this in but like i 
our prophets taking it and I, I'm not for it and think it's so bad. And I'm, I am like, what is the right thing, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I'm feeling like, I wonder if I'm being deceived because of, you know what I'm saying? So I want to oh, know sure. a little bit more how you would say that Satan doesn't use that, but God does in all things. Like, how do I, how do I identify that? Where do I see that pattern? Mm -hmm. You know what, besides like I know in Alma and what is it, 46 or whatever, um, mm -hmm. you know, a few scriptures places, right? Oh, for sure. So that's my other class on there. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to is sell. That another, is that another YouTube that I can? Uh -huh. I have a course just that? on chiasmus and how okay. uh, the whole course is based upon um, how to start learning to, to recognize chiasmus in the scriptures, in your own life, in general conference talks. And it, it has lots of homework assignments and different things. And so, yeah, that's a, a great one okay. to like, kind of start okay. and, and so we start recognizing take up the time of this Abraham class. Okay, great. Thanks. But Because yeah, that's a loaded question. How do I distinguish deception with masks and vaccine through chiasmus? I could spend hours on it, but, <laughs> but yeah. Cameron? Yeah. Um, Jacob has a, a chat there for everyone. Uh -huh, yeah, let's open it up, see what it is. Oh, it's my chiasmus class. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the, the first class of chiasmus right there. <laughs> um, let's see, where do we got? Tribulation, temples, checking out. So let's Can let's talk I about, uh-huh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I just kind of had a question. There was a couple of things I had not heard of before that to me came across pretty important. Um, he talks about the tablets of destiny. And I, I don't know what that is for sure. Um, what page is that? Law of heaven and earth. Well, mine's on my nook and it was like huh, 80 something. So it's on the, the bottom of page 70. It's around footnote um, 16 is where it references those. Okay. Could you explain that to me, that? And then it also talks about the, the tablet of the gods. And I don't know if that's the same as the tablets of destiny. What do you, uh, I, I, I assumed that these were things Abraham was reading and learning from, but I didn't know. Uh -huh, yeah, so as far as I know, and I looked through the footnotes and different things like that. I, I don't think that we have those, especially in a, a form that's anywhere close to, to pure or uh, you know there's like the the tablets of destiny there there's a couple different versions out there but I mean they're they're pretty wild I I have a hard time thinking that those are those are real but um, I, I don't think that those have been restored yet but they are um, according to the Mesopotamian tradition the things that Abraham had in the, the chest of um, Adam so okay. those are written by the very first patriarchs but um, as far as uh, fully expounding on those, I, I have no idea. I do know that some of the same principles in those are found in the Zohar. So, um, or in the Sefer Yitzira, which is often quoted in this book, um, those are the two kind of Kabbalistic um, sealed portion of scriptures um, that we would liken to our day. 
um, that would have some of the same principles in them at least um, that were from uh, Abraham. Okay, and and he had a Urim and Thummim. Mm -hmm. And then it also talks about the lost book of Enoch. Mm -hmm. How, do we have anything of that? Any restoration of that? Uh -huh, yes, yeah, in this uh, last um, century, we, we found quite a few of the different Enoch fragments in different places. Um, a, a great resource to go and uh, really differentiate between all of the different ones. Uh, Hugh Nibley did a series of articles in the Enzyme Liahona, different places. Um, it's called A Strange Thing in the Land, and it's in like 12 or 13 parts over uh, different months. But he goes through because he was an extensive scholar of the Book of Enoch. So there's Syriactic ones, there's, there's Coptic ones, there's Ethiopian ones, different fragments that we found throughout these, um, these last few years. Uh, we have this restoration of, of scripture, but um, as far as I know, there's, there's quite a few books of Enoch and Hugh Nibley goes through and breaks those down and um, which ones are, are more trustable or which ones um, uh, seem to fit together with our modern perspective as, as saints. Um, that's a great resource is to, to go look at A Strange Thing in the Land by Hugh Nibley. Uh, it's a great resource. Thank you. I'll, I'll try and study that this week. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing, since we're on that page, I just figured since we were late, you already covered it, but the map, um, it says it's, the map is key to understanding Abraham. To the top of that same page. On page 70, it's in that first paragraph. Is that the Latter-day scripture and the new, the ancient writings, or does that refer to something else? Uh -huh. Yeah, let me just refer to Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, just kind of from our, our Latter-day scripture, mostly the, the book of Abraham um, combined with the, the recent uh, findings of, of Enoch um, and also the Joseph Smith translations of Genesis and, and Matthew, really um, key in that map there that he's referring to and talking about. At least that's my opinion. I don't know if anybody else has insights on that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I love these classes. We only have five minutes left. This is awesome. Okay, um, let's talk about the apocalypse of Enoch when he gets taken up and, and receives his endowment. So what things did, did you learn from there that you've never heard before or um, new insights that you found in through his apocalypse? I find it so fun and to study this page over and over again. Uh, page 76, um, kind of from footnote 52 through 75-ish. I hadn't heard of the fiery chariot before and the description of the fiery chariot, you know, with the crystals of ice and the wheels were like the shining sun, you know, just mm -hmm. all of that, you know, brighter, brighter than the sun and whiter than any snow. Now, you know, right now we can get a good idea of what that is, right, <laughs> with the snow. Um, but I, I hadn't heard of that before. 
Mm -hmm. That whole section was very interesting, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've heard of chariots of fire and fiery chariots before, you know, like in the Bible and stuff. But the description in here is so much more in depth than what we've ever gotten that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it is so nice to have this because there isn't a lot in the scriptures. Like when you study um, translation, when you study Enoch, when you study anything that will help us understand, you know, what happened, what was like different perspectives of, of it. You know, we just don't have a whole lot right now, but this, I loved reading this and getting so much detail. And um, how do you say, is it a Shankia? Yeah. Any mm -hmm. professionals know what that word actually is? But also just understanding what that was, which I'm guessing it's just a big wind of fire. Is that what the interpretation of that is? With wings? Fire with wings? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is that right? Yep. The worst kind. <laughs> but um, if you yeah. look, Shekinah is, is often referred to with temple dedications. So the, the Shekinah at the Solomon's Temple Dedication and Kirtland Temple Dedication, that, that fiery uh, winged um, everlasting burnings uh, is often accompanied with, with those uh, dedicatory things. And, and here we're finding out that it can be as we're establishing Zion as well. Yeah, I loved all that. It's, you said it's also when uh, Zion's being established, this appears, or what uh -huh, it can to to an individual. So, like uh, second comforter or or calling an election kind of thing. Uh, Shekinah is often described as um, happening or or that feeling. You know, because we have like the the small burning in our bosom when we feel the Holy Ghost, but when we have the second comforter, it's amped up a little bit. It's the it's the great Shekinah. The, the holy presence or the uh, a lot of times it's, it's called the approval so when you feel that you know that whatever you're doing is approved because it's the everlasting burnings that that accompany it i thought it was really interesting also in how um he talks about michael oversaw the anointing of enoch and his being clothed in glorious garments right you know, mm -hmm. do we think about that when we go to the temple about glorious garments? And that made me think back about, you know, Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. Um, they had a certain level of glory. And it wasn't until they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that that glory was taken away. And that's when they realized that's what their nakedness really was, was they no longer had the glory. And so you know they got plain old clothes <laughs> instead of glory <laughs> and 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 i i think that that's um it's that bright brightness and and light and truth that is the glory that hopefully someday we'll have again mm -hmm. for sure But yeah, as you um, go through reading this, this section here, um, it, it's very much describing our uh, initiatory endowment, uh, the things that we receive. So he's clothed in, in glorious garments, and, and it's led by Michael. Michael is the great initiator. He's, he's the one that leads us back into to Eden. Um, 
Let's see, ushered him onto a throne, uh, presented him with tablets, handed him a royal scepter, um, the sign of rulership and increased the activity. Um, a garment of glory, a robe of honor, a, a royal crown. Uh, all of these things are the same things with our signs and tokens that, that we receive in the temple as well. Um, and, and if you want more on that, the, my videos talk about that, you know, referring to um, uh, British uh, coronation, Russian coronations. Uh, they have parts of the truth, but they don't have the fullness of it. But we can learn a lot by, by studying uh, kingdoms, thrones, and uh, not kingdoms, thrones, kingdoms and principalities and, and things like that. Um, one thing that I have to share that has left me on a, a really ponderous part tonight is just um, in the bottom of page 77, it's um, where they talk about, for at least some of the vision, it is Michael who acts as Enoch's guide and tutor. And it just, the spirit really screamed to me in that moment of, um, you know, as we are seeking to understand who we are and what we said yes to, and as we are becoming, um, you know, the Holy Ghost whispers to us through many different tutors, angels, guides that are, are in behalf of Father. And um, it just, I don't know, it really just had something and spoke to me and I just wanted to share it. And maybe if you guys read and it speaks to you, it just it was really profound to understand that, that piece there. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure thank you um it it, it kind of seems like this that the patriarchal line uh, of authority and stuff throughout the the dispensation heads and things it's kind of like this almost uh, game of of telephone if you will like it gets passed down the row and then at adam on diamond it gets passed on back to, to adam and and so forth and that's what the patriarchs Yet we all can can experience this because um, there's all of these these great ministering angels, for for lack of a better word, that that are in charge of um, helping us initiate and, and come into the presence. Yeah, I love the the way that you put that. And um, yeah, there's lots of to study there. We're getting lots of little incoming messages. <laughs> I, I'm going to share something now. You guys probably already have thought about this because <laughs> like I said, I'm not on this deep of a level, but this was really insightful for me. Um, it's on page 72 and it's, I mean, we, we already know about how um, the firstlings of the flock were, they, you know, Adam was commanded to obey and, um, offer the firstlings of the flock right and I it just hit me really strongly um that it's the first we we put the Lord first in all that we do and I can't and the scripture came to my mind seek me early and ye shall not be forsaken and um so I kind of made that be my I guess goal or message for 2021 you know like I sure I wake up and I have a bazillion things on my plate and I get distracted really easy and before I know it you know my God has 
not been first and foremost. So anyway, I, for some reason, it just hit me stronger than ever before about the, um, that kind of sacrifice um, of sacrificing the first of the flock and it's putting him first. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share it because I live alone. Can I check on that before we go? I don't have anyone else to talk to. I'm just like. No, it's, it's so good. <laughs> like, my chair or something. <laughs> it's so good. And that brought me to remembrance of like Abraham's blessing. The whole reason I was so excited to read and study is I can't remember that it's right about where we are, but it talks about how um, God promised Abraham seed, you know, and he is there to make weak things strong. When God isn't the first thing on your mind in the day, he's there to strengthen that for us. And um, I know for myself, there's so many times that the adversary wants me to believe that I'm failing left and right, or that I have done so many wrongs. There's no way he would ever choose me. And that is just not true. Everywhere in the scriptures, it talks about the weak things are, are to be made strong and, and that we are protected under Abraham's covenant and the blessings that are poured upon each one of our heads in our weakest moments are so powerful. And as long as we remember the power that is in those blessings that are yours, they're mine, they're our children's and having that grace for our children and our family members and our loved ones that are struggling, that are lost for a time, you know, just remembering there is power in that, those covenants, there is power in those blessings. And just because we can't see what those blessings are going to bring to past, we have to know they're there and feel them and have faith and access that power. That's what gives it power. If we forget, or we don't even know that that power is there for you and me and our children and our family, then we can't draw upon it. And so, you know, in the days that you feel bad that you, you forgot, or you just got busy and, and got swept away by the world, that's okay. That's okay. Just try better the next day and, and draw upon that power. That power is there to heal all of that. So I, I felt that so strong in here. I'm so glad we didn't forget to touch on it because that just mm -hmm. brought so much comfort to me. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, so as far as homework for, for the next chapter, chapter four, um, I would really um, extend this, this invitation to take some time, set apart some time as, as if you were going to the temple and let the temple go through you. Try to remember all of the wordings of the initiatory, the endowment, and, and the sealing um, of baptism. Um, and, and really focus in on the words and the, the phrases of the Abrahamic covenant in order to, to bring that power into your life. Um, I, I know this is just something that I do, but you know I'm not trying to put an example out there at all. But um, when I pray at night, I try to go through the, the words of the veil ceremony and, and really uh, kind of present myself um, as if I'm actually going to enter into his presence kind of a thing. And, and that really helps in lots of ways to remember the words because over a year, I, I'm, I'm already slipping. I, I had the endowment memorized. I, I had these things like word for word, but I, I'm slipping. It, it's, it, it's an important thing to, to revisit those things often so that we can remember the words because words are power. And, and just what Stacia just said, that remembrance is power. As, as we 
um, if we forget, the, the power gets lost. It, it, we, we unplug it. If, that's why remember, remember, that's why our sacrament is, is always bringing us to that because the sacrament is renewing all of our covenants, not just baptism. This is we're we're renewing every single ordinance and promise that we've made to the Lord. And remember, remember, because through remembrance, you get that power into your life. And so that's kind of the homework assignment that I, I would extend to you. Take some time and, and set it aside as if you were going to the temple and let the temple go through you. Uh, try to pull out those those words and uh, uh, get really familiar with with um, finding the the words of the Abrahamic covenant in scripture, in the endowment, in this chapter, chapter four is replete with it. Um, so that we, we get better at, at this, this talent of, of finding the, the Abrahamic promises so that we can more fully live those in our lives. Um, any last say, things? I mean, yes. Thank yeah. you for being so brave to challenge us to that. Like, yeah. thank you, because I would never say that out loud. I've been doing that since the temples have closed, but I have not, I've told like two people. So thank you for like being so brave to like put that out to us and to challenge that publicly. Um, and also just so if any of you are intimidated by doing that, maybe you don't have the words memorized, it's okay. The spirit will fill in the blanks. And um, the coolest part is like, you know how Joseph Smith, when they first did their first baptism for the dead and and they went into the lake and they didn't even have the right words and they did it. And a woman was the one who witnessed on a horse, you know, and that's what the first baptism for the dead looked like. And when they came back and told Joseph that they did it, he prayed about it to be like, is that right? Like, does it count? Do we need to redo it? What's going on? And the spirit was like, no, it counted. And that is exactly what will happen as you are trying to be obedient to remembering it will all be there for you and it's okay if it looks a little messy it's okay if you don't remember it all just meet the lord there and he will take you the rest of the way don't be intimidated by it it's such a beautiful experience and so thank you for challenging that i love that thank you yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah anything on on the whole chapter any insights or things you've learned um, before we separate I wonder if this book is on audio, some audible, you know, I really want to keep reading it, but I also need to listen while I'm like cleaning or running or whatever. So it's like going through my head again, because it's so, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Is, to do it multiple times. Audible, but it's, is it like in Deseret book? Do you know? It's not. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, I've recorded uh, an audiobook. It, it's a work in progress. I went through chapter four so far. Um, each week I'm putting out a, a new chapter for those that, that want to listen to it. Um, it's on Podomatic, um, that platform. So you download the Podomatic app and then you can listen to it week by week there. Um, yeah, I, I'm only doing it because there isn't one available and I, I really only put it out to, to this group. Um, but I, yeah, because I'm, I'm a person, I need to listen to things to, to cement them often. You know, like Triumph of Zion, I have that on repeat all the time. Uh, I'm always listening to that book, but um, yeah, it's available. I'll I'll um, I'll send that out. Um, I'll post that on on the, the website there so that you can access that that um, audiobook for lack of a better words. It's just me stumbling over my words, but um, okay. hopefully it, it's helpful. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank yep. you so much. This was amazing.
Christina, this is Elle. I have something that you might like. It's from a web page that's no longer available, but it was about the seven days of creation. Uh-huh. A kind of a pattern, and I have day one, but I couldn't find you. Are you in the book of the book of Abraham group? Um, you're talking to me, right? Yes, right here. Okay, the book of Abraham group. Okay, like on on the website that I just created, the Learning Zion website. Yeah, I have not been able to figure out how to get on there. I'm just okay. like so technologically. <laughs> you're good. A lot of people have issues with it. I. I'll yeah, see if it, I can get a neighbor over to help me or something. And if you ever I can wanted, send like, it to you once I can figure out how to send it to you. Okay. I if anybody wants to like stay after group for just like five, 10 minutes or whatever, I can walk people through the sign up process if you're having troubles with it, uh, help you get started with navigation of it. Okay. Because you know what I, I'll do, camera? I, I think I'm going to text you maybe Tuesday. I have a a church, a stake, uh, meeting, a zoom meeting, um, cause of calling I've got in like yeah. five minutes real actually right now. So I have to yeah. hang up. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We're okay. Catch up later. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Bye. And Jacob has some more, uh, things to like what we've been talking about. Oh, yes. There's like a link to my uh, podcasting and to the the Learning Zion website. Yeah. Anybody that that, wants to. Is that is that where those links will be on your on our Uh, Abraham Book Club site? Yeah, on the Abraham Book Club site, like I I've been posting some of the links from the different chapters, things that we find interesting, um, these different graphics like charts that I create and posting them on there. Um, so not that I'm trying to create it as the go-to place for this group, but, um, that's where there's so many different places and and things to go. And that's just where I'm focusing on on doing it. I I get lost. Yeah. That's, that's good to have it all in one place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I am posting it on there and yeah, like I said, after uh, our class today, after we kind of disband, um, if anybody wants to stay around, I'll show you how to, to access the site, how to add it so that it looks like an app on your phone, uh, on your home screen that you can access it there. Um, different people I th- have asked. I would love to stay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, any final comments on, on the chapter and, and then we'll go ahead and, and go that route. Cameron. Yeah. I'm just wondering if we search your name on YouTube, will it pull up all of your classes? It should, yeah. So I have my channel, it's listed right under my name, Cameron Briggs. Um, and then, um, yeah, you'll kind of recognize them. They all kind of look the same as far as their thumbnails and stuff. Uh, I have like four or five different courses. There are playlists on there. Um, the Chiasm, uh, uh, Symbolism 101, and Truth on Eden. And then I did a, a class on Ezra. Um, and then I'm currently teaching a class on Daniel in depth on, on the prophecies and stuff. So it's a contextual prophet series uh, where we're just taking one prophet at a time. Anybody that's seen our day, and really diving into their revelations for us kind of a thing. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah, you, you should be able to find them easy enough. If not, um, go on to my uh, the Learning Zion website. I'll post links on there for them. And I'm creating them into courses on the Learning Zion website. So they'll um, be easier to, to go through and I'll expound on some of the principles that I didn't cover in the, the videos themselves. Um, but when you go to the Learning Zion website up at the top in the courses, 
Um, those are coming soon. I, I'm working on them slowly. <laughs> but yeah, there'll be quizzes and, and things to, um, extracurricular things to really, really dive deep into them and learn those principles good. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, if nothing else, we'll, we'll go ahead and disband anybody that wants to stay. I'll kind of do a, a brief run through of the website and, and some handy things there. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for for sticking around, everybody. <laughs> this class went way over time. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it was awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have Thank a good you. night, you guys. Yeah. See ya. All right. Well, I may I may be the only one that that needs help with this, but I I have really been struggling with the website for like two weeks now, and finally I just like I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, it's just yeah. me. I, it's, it. It's, I'm amazed that you were able to create that. That's a amazing. <laughs> a major task right there. I it tell you really what. pulled all that stuff together and all those other groups too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, and it's, it's a backup, but um, I'm using it as kind of my primary thing. I tell you this last week, Facebook has just been inundating me with, with awful nudity ads and all this kind of stuff. Like I, <sighs> I don't know. and. They put me in Facebook jail for like 24 hours. I don't even know why. I haven't posted anything on there, but whatever. It is what it is. I, I, it, I, it's, I see the end of Facebook coming pretty soon for conservatives or. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. My, my problem is I'm also using Gmail. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know, that's so, a problem too. I need to really get off of that as well. I, I just, I can't do too much at one time or I'll really be lost. <laughs> yeah. um, this here okay so um let's actually log out so that we get from the very beginning okay so when you go to learningzion.wpengine.com i know that that's a, a long name there i am working on changing my name servers so that it's only going to be learningzion.com but that's coming it, it's not quite yet but as soon as i get there uh, i'll I'll let you know, but um, for now, learningzion.wpengine.com. And um, you either go in and uh, log in if you have your password and everything uh, situated. I know that when I created everybody's accounts for the Abraham group, it really messed things up and people weren't able to use the password that I gave them. So you can go and click forgot password and um, that will, uh, send you to a place where you go and just enter your email address in and then you go and check your email and uh, reset your password from there. Um, if you want to send other people to the website, have them click on the create an account button and they'll just fill out this information with their email, password, name, and nickname. And, and then they'll be able to, to sign in. So um, signing in, then you um, let me get this bar out of the way. Just a second. Um, you come to the, the, the main portion of the website, which is your activity feed. Much like Facebook, um, any group or any person that you follow, that's what will be here in the center column. So um, I, I, a lot of people, it's just going to pop up as blank or no updates for now kind of thing until you start joining groups. And so um, the first thing to do is go into the groups section and um, start joining groups. Um, it says that I'm an admin on these, but it'll say um, join group 
uh, in blue there. And you can go ahead mm -hmm. and join that group just like you would on Facebook, um, like Jody's group or uh, Ezra's Eagle group, whatever. Um, it's the same kind of a, a process there. But uh, I know that with Jody's um, group, there was a lot of people that were complaining for a while that, oh, there's too much political posts and we don't want to rifle through all of that stuff. We just want this kind of a topic or this kind of a topic kind of thing. And so that's why I created it in this way so that these groups, if you're not interested in chiasmus, you don't have to be bombarded by all of the talk and chatter in, in that specific group. So only join the groups that you want updates on and want to converse with people through. So there is a, um, there's scripture-based groups that are uh, like Doctrine and Covenants or Come Follow Me or, or whatever. There's scholars, authors, and organizations these are, I have a disclaimer up here because I, I want to make that perfectly clear. We don't endorse everything that that author has said, but it's kind of like little book clubs, like Michael Rush. A lot of people want to talk about his books and what he's um, studying, uh, Avraham Gileadi with the Isaiah Institute, etc. Anyway, there's lots of authors on here and, and just kind of little book clubs for, for those kind of things and, and etc. There's, there's lots of different groups to join. Um, the courses up at the top, that's where I'm kind of developing out these things where um, uh, like Gospel Symbolism 101, you click into that class and there's different lessons. Um, this one's all about numbers and shapes. And you click into that and you can uh, watch the video that I did on numbers and shapes. But eventually I will have a lot more content and beef up those things with, with quizzes and handouts and, and lots of that kind of stuff um, to go into. Um, let's see, forget which one I did that on to show you an example. Anyway, courses are, are coming soon and anybody's welcome to, to create a course and do it. If you want to teach a class on anything, emergency preparedness or whatever, um, this, this is a great way to do it. If you do want to create a course, um, talk to me and, and we'll get it set up for you so that you have access to create those. Um, there is... Uh, lots of different things that we can get into with the groups themselves. So let's like go to Ezra's Eagle, for example. Oh, no, let's go to Abraham. That's what we're in right now. Sorry. So um, go to groups and um, find the Abraham Book Club. So uh, I'm doing a search in the groups for Abraham. And then here's the Abraham Book Club group. So you can join it. And um, this is where we, uh, it's much like Facebook, a discussion board on different things. So Elle is our, our historian for sure. She, she posts lots of great articles and information each week on, um, on lots of different topics. And, and so you can um, come in here and like them, comment on them, um, report them if they're inappropriate. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I gotta keep it safe in case somebody comes through and it's just, you know, trying to cause fights or who knows what you can report them. But anyway, there's um, uh, different discussions uh, happening in there. If you wanna keep your discussion organized, um, you can go into the discussion tab. And this is where um, we're organizing it by chapter. So any insights that you have on chapter one itself, um, post them in there. Um, so here uh, she posted about said um, different things that, um, are just specific to, to that. In the feed, however, 
you are are just posting random things like you would on, on Facebook. Um, just different insights that don't necessarily apply to any of the chapters specifically, but, but whatever you'd like to do there. As you okay. are typing, um, you can also do the at symbol and anybody that's in the group, you can actually um, tag them and, and type a message specifically to them. Everybody will see it, but um, that's a way to mention other people is the at symbol. Um, you can send messages to anybody or everybody in the group. Um, you can select all and send it to everyone if you have a, a thing for, for everyone, or you can um, unselect that button and then say, um, you wanted to select those three people and, and send them a quick message kind of a thing. Um, you, you can do that from the group page. Um, let's see. So there's a photos and documents section. So any photos that are uploaded, even in a comment, um, they'll pop up here. So some of these um, different graphics that I've created uh, throughout the weeks, those are uh, located in the photos section. Um, if there's any documents, um, they'll, they'll be found here. Um, so that you can easily find handouts and, and things like that. Um, also, there's notifications and in your inbox up here in the upper right-hand corner. So notifications, uh, people, uh, here's uh, yours that you commented, um, use it on your iPhone. So when you commented on my thing, it popped up in my notifications, kind of like on Facebook. Um, there's the private message inbox, um, that you can, can go and view um, different private messages as, as people send those to you. Um, yeah, so any questions so far on, on what to do or how to navigate? Um, I'm following it pretty good um, enough because I went around in it enough to, to get lost a few times and yeah. found my way back. And, <laughs> and uh, um, so I think the putting the uh, uh, oh the icon on your phone thing. bookmark that's that's uh -huh. all I have right now it would be nice to have an icon or a, or something I could click on uh -huh. uh, so yeah let's show you how to do that so this is on an iPhone because that's what I've got here um, but there's similar functions on other devices as well so let me um, start with that, I'll just do it very All right, two seconds, will it? All right, can you see my phone now? Yes. Okay, so when you go into Safari or Chrome or whatever uh, website that you wanna, or whatever browser that you use, you're gonna Safari navigate- Safari usually. Safari, okay. So you're gonna go to the Learning Zion website. And then um, on the bottom of your screen, in the middle, this is on my iPhone. It might be a little bit different, but you're gonna look for the share button. It is the box with an upward arrow coming out of it. Um, mine is in the center middle right there. So I click on that button and it popped up this where I can share this, um, this website. And I'm gonna scroll down and I'm going to add it to home screen. So it's, it's 
the midway through that, that list there, when I click on that, then it wants me to name it. So I am going to name it um, Learning Zion. And then I'm going to click Add. And then you'll see in the bottom right-hand corner, it pops up and it looks like an app there. Oh, okay. And so when I, when I click on that, it goes right to the website in my Safari. So it's not its own app, but it looks like an app. So it's like a bookmark that you can just add to your, your phone. And you can do that with any website. You, you tap that, that share button, that box with the arrow coming out of it, and then add it to your home screen so now, that you can find you, things. Do you do the share button when you're on that page? That's when you do it? Yeah. When you're on okay. So it, it acts just like a bookmark, but it's easier because you can find it right on your home screen rather than having to, to open up your bookmarks and and, and, and rifle thumb through, through it. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, but do yeah. I need to sign into it every time I go out of it? Will I need um, to do that? So that was a, a problem that people were having. People were having to sign in every single time. So I installed a, a plugin on my website that it should limit the amounts of times that you have to sign in. Um, it's, it says that you should never have to sign in anymore, but um, I, I've been kicked out a couple of times. Sometimes it refreshes with my cookies or settings, who knows what. So you <laughs> won't have to sign in every single time, but it, it's not saying that you won't ever have to sign in. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yep. I'm, I'm real bad about remembering my passwords and I try to write them down <laughs> yeah. when I make them, but yeah, sometimes I, I just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, any other questions anybody have on accessing, adding um, icons, whatever? I know it's a similar process for, for Androids and um, things like that. Um, there's some sort of uh, like uh, some sort of menu that you pull up and you add it to your home screen as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any other questions? I I'm happy to answer any emails anytime. Uh, text me, call me. I can jump on Zoom uh, usually at night and and help you with anything that you're you're needing on there. But but yeah, that's oh, where yeah. I ask lots of my stuff. Thank you so much. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for all your efforts. I'm amazed. <laughs> yes thank you we love it yeah thanks all right sounds good thanks everybody okay, i'm gonna go play right. with it thank you <laughs> yeah. good night. Right. have a good night good night <laughs>